Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls. I'm your host. I have a phenomenal guest on today. He's a really good friend of mine, been a client of mine, been a friend of mine, been an enemy of mine. I'm just kidding. He's never been an enemy. He's a great freaking guy though. Amazing dude. I want to bring on, I want everybody to give a really warm welcome. And those of you watching on Facebook, share this out. This dude is awesome. So I want you to welcome my buddy, my good friend, rock star, Jeremy Warner. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great, man. I love the intro, man. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> dude, you're amazing. You, you've been a good friend of mine now for... I don't even know how long, three, four, five years? Five years, yeah, something it's, like that. It's been a while, man. And um, we've done business together. We've done, yeah. you know, we've done uh, dinner together. We've done lots of phone calls together. And, uh, dude, you're just, uh, you're a rock star. So I, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, cause I know you're a traveling man, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're every I'm time, I know every time I talk to you, he's like, I I'm at the airport getting on an airplane. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, dude. So, so Jeremy, this show, I created this show. Uh, how's my volume, by the way? Is it good? It's good. Good. Perfect. Okay. So, um, I created this show to, um, you know, help people have a breakthrough in life by simply by you know hearing the stories of how other people have had breakthroughs and and I know that you've you know you've experienced uh, the ups and the downs in life so to speak every day yeah and and so um, let's let's start with with like where um, where where it all started for you? Where where you were born and raised? All right, I was born. My dad was a uh, military man, so I was born in South Korea. Um, if you asked me to pronounce the city, I couldn't tell you uh, the city. I couldn't tell you. Um, I, I know it's very very close to Seoul, um, and that's about all I can tell you. I was there uh, less than two years. Uh, my dad was stationed over there. Met my mom. Uh, obviously had me, and then uh, we came back. He was stationed in uh, El Paso, Texas, at Fort Bliss there, um, and he was uh, he was in the army. So uh, from there, I grew up uh, in El Paso to the age of eight, nine years old. And um, my 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 mom and my dad uh, they got a divorce, and my mom didn't speak very good English. So at an early age. Um, when they got a divorce, my mom gave custody to myself and my sister uh, to my dad. Uh, she felt like that was going to be the best path for me, um, the best chance for success uh, if I was around him. So after that split, we moved to um, what is called Lawrenceburg, Indiana, which is right outside of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, that's where my dad grew up and raised. Mm. Uh, we actually moved back to his hometown. And um, and then I grew up from there from, uh, let's see here, fourth grade uh, all the way through, you know, uh, one year of college. And then, uh, you know, that's where I, I kicked off my career in the automotive industry was, was from there. Really? So you went you went to college then? 
Yeah, I, w- I went. I went for one semester. Oh. Um, I, w- <laughs> I went to UC. Yeah, I was gonna uh, ask you. I was gonna ask if you went to UC. Yeah, I went to UC. Went there for a semester. Um, really didn't didn't have my act together to be honest with you. You know, my my very first job was at the age of fifteen, and, and I'll, I'll take you back a little bit uh, just to you know go briefly. You know, with the situation, um, you know how I grew up and things like that. Well. When we moved back to my dad's hometown, my dad's 100% disabled. Um, he got hurt, um, had issues, things like that. And for the longest time, we were waiting for the uh, veterans of Fair VA to put my dad on long-term disability. Um, he couldn't work. He wasn't allowed to work and everything like that. So during our life, um, you know, it was a struggle. It was a, it was a struggle because, you know, he was barely making any money. Um, our, our, our very first place that we moved, you know, when we came there, uh, we, we lived in a, in, in over the Rhine in Cincinnati, Ohio. And every, anybody knows where that's at. Um, it, that is the straight ghetto. Uh, you know, 30 years ago, that was a straight ghetto. Now it's, things are changed, but back then it was a straight ghetto. We lived there for a short stint and then, uh, we moved back to, um, his hometown and, um, we in, had a trailer in, in Indiana. Yeah. Back and, in Indiana. Okay. Yeah. And how old were you when you moved back to Indiana? Um, I was starting fifth grade. Okay. Well, that's so, just that's like kind of it's like Ohio light. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's a suburb of Ohio, even though it's in another state. <laughs> All that down there. I mean, the Cincinnati airport's in Kentucky. Like exactly. You know? Yeah, most people don't know that. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. So you. So you, it, it. You know, it's. I've, I've, we all go through struggles, okay? And our, our struggles, it, it's you let it determine on how it's going to define who you are and who you become. And um, I, I had a rough childhood, yeah. and um, you know, I, and I don't put the point the, you know, blame at anybody. It's just the situation that we were in. It, it was the life that I was living, and I had to do everything possible to just to make the best of what it was. So, at the age of fifteen, um, I got my first job. It was a um, many northern people know White Castles, but this was a spinoff of White Castles. It was called G Burger, and uh, <laughs> it was in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. And the place was maybe twenty feet long by fifteen feet wide. Oh and my one lord! Pers- one person worked there the whole time. Oh so wow! That was my first job. I remember, you know, at the age of sixteen, um, my buddy and my, myself, Ryan. We used to go up to the car dealership all the time and would just like, you know, talk to the salesman. Oh, we're getting ready to buy a car and, you know, you know, start haggling and dealing. And, you know, at the age of 16, 17, like, we're, you know, we weren't going to buy anything. Right. But at, at that early age, I always had a passion for, for selling. I didn't know it was selling at that point, but I was always trying to do something. Right. And, um, you know, we would test drive cars by ourselves. I, I remember all these all these situations at different dealers there in, in Lawrenceburg that we did all the time. But um, that was kind of my first experience with with sales. And from that point on, every every job that I had had to do something with sales. You know, I, my my first sales job was with Time Warner Cable and I actually knocked doors. Yeah, I physically went and knocked doors selling cable and um I had the roughest territories in Cincinnati, but I knew those rough territories that everybody wanted a cable. So that's why I worked them and, and I was very, very aggressive. So, you know, that was the that was the job that I had going my first year in uh, first year in college and high school coming out of high school. Um, I did very, very well. Doing, I was doing, making, d- doing the Time Warner thing. Yeah, because I, I, I found a I found a system in a way that you know, I would be in I would be in downtown Cincinnati in the projects area and stuff like that, and you weren't you weren't Jeez. supposed to be there. But back in the day, all your cable stuff was in a box outside. Yeah. They weren't on the pole; they were in a box. So I would pull up, I would pull out my sheet, and it would show me like who had cable, who didn't have cable, and I would start doing the audit. And then I would knock on the door, and you know, they answer and be like, "Hey, it's Jeremy with uh, Time Warner Cable." Hey, the reason why I'm here is, you know, we got a big promotion going on. I can get you guys signed up right now. You can get HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, Movie Channel, all free today if you sign up. And I was knocking on all the doors that people were stealing cable. 
Uh, okay, so they were stealing cable. And I gave them an opportunity that I was pitching them. And then what I did is, if you know, nine times out of ten, they never took it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, you guys decide to change your mind. I'm going to be in the area the rest of the day. Here's my business card. Give me a call. And um, I would do that one building. And then from that building, after I got done with that building, before I moved to the next building, I would go turn everybody off. And <laughs> within an hour, everybody was calling me. Everybody was calling me. Because so you knew they were stealing it, though. Well, I knew they were stealing it because you know our, our, our audit reports show that to us. So you know I developed this pitch, uh, and it, it, it worked like a charm. And all the guys that work there are like, man, why do you always go into the ghetto and sell apartments? There's no money in it. You can make more money selling a home. And I was like, I, I got away. But I would work. I wow. would literally work Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I was making five, six grand a month. Wow. Because I found a way yeah. that that worked. You know, the pitch worked. Just every everything with it worked. <laughs> And, um, you know, these people be calling me back up. Yeah, man, are you still in the area? You know, turn me back on and I need them movie channels and all that stuff. So, you know, one, one of those deals would pay me by the time I got done because I would get paid for the hookup. I would get paid for the turn on. I would get paid for the movies, um, new service, wow. all those different things. I, I was making 150 to 175 dollars a commission on each one. And I, wow. I can go on a weekend and do 10, 15 of them. Wow. That's awesome, dude. So, so. Um, you found a shortcut, <laughs> so to speak, right? Not definitely yeah. not an easier, softer way, but that you you found a shortcut to. Hey, man, it's about supply and demand, right? So, you so you, you you figured out how to eliminate their supply, <laughs> which increased demand immediately. Exactly. Right. Wow, dude, that's that's actually pretty smart. So, so people weren't weren't like ask like. Dude, how can I get in on this? How, how can I how can I come over? They they well because they knew it, it was it was a rough neighborhood. Yeah, and, yeah. And you had you had to work really really hard, but on a way to you know develop a process, a, a pitch, and all those different things. But it it, it, it sped it up for me. But uh, no, it worked, man. And you know I, I took that job. And, you know, going through that time of my life, I never had any, you know, I never seen that kind of money. Right. You know, I remember first job at, uh, at G Burger there, I was making five and a quarter an hour. I wow. believe that was what minimum wage was at that time or four seventy five, something like that. Yeah. And um, so once I had that taste of, of the, those type of commissions and sales, I was like, well, you know, this is going to be the, you know, I, I feel like this is going to be the direction I go sooner or later. Um, I went to school for architecture. Uh, because I was really good at drafting and drawing and, 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 you know, the artistic side of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, the situation, what, how I got in the car business is I mismanaged my money. I was making big money at that early age. I didn't have any guidance. I wasn't taught the right way. You know, I just blew through everything, you know, right. bought a car, buying clothes, had right. a fancy apartment, all these different things that, you know, I was never taught. And, and now here's a situation where you got this kind of kind of money at that early age. You know, you just go crazy. And um, that's the situation that, that I put myself into. And it came a point where I wasn't working because I took advantage of the job because it became too easy. All these different situations and my my income went down. So I got a, I got my my first car that I ever bought was a 95 Pontiac Grand Prix GTP. I remember to this day, an older lady had it, had 8,000 miles on it. Um, I went and got a loan at a credit union for it. That was my first major purchase, and within a year, I had the car repoed. Yeah. Um, I got evicted from my apartment, and all through my life, my dad and myself, we never, we never sought, you know, we never saw eye to eye on a lot of things. So we always butted heads, you know, very, very similar. Yeah. And um, that part of my life, he really wasn't like. He, he comes from the motto because he was in the army and drill sergeant, and all these other things. He comes from the motto, like when you move out, you're on your own and, and I'm not going to help you no matter what it is. You know, you, you, you work hard, you work, you work for everything that you got. And, um, so I put myself in that situation where I got evicted. I put myself in a situation where I got my car, first car repossessed 
and I didn't have any transportation. I had nowhere to live. Uh, I became homeless for, for about a week. Wow. And in Cincinnati re- or yeah, this was, this was in uh, Northern Kentucky, another suburb of Cincinnati. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 Flo- and Florence where the water tower's at. Yeah. Yeah. Florence y'all. Exactly. That's what, that's, if you've never been to Cincinnati, that's literally what is on the water tower driving down I-75. You come out, come out of Cincinnati, cross the Kentucky, and there's the, the water tower off to the right, and it says, Florence, y'all. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you know what, what, what happened with that is they, it was supposed to say Florence Mall, because the water <laughs> tower is right there in the mall. And some and dude. Yeah, and they messed, and they just kept it that way, and it's it's stuck. Some dude, some dude, like shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was, oh my god. He's like, hey, I got a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> Did he say mall or y'all? <laughs> 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 All right, let's just put y'all up there. Yeah, and that yeah. dude, it's a it's a staple, right? I mean, it's a it's yeah. it's literally a it's a it's an icon in Cincinnati. So. And and that's funny because it's not Cincinnati, <laughs> but it is. It's in Kentucky. <laughs> I know it's crazy. So you were okay. So how old were you at this point? Oh man, I was uh, nineteen. Nineteen. Nineteen going on twenty. Nineteen, almost twenty. You. Yeah, it was um, ninety-seven. What's that? It was uh, ninety-six, ninety-seven when this happened. Okay. So. I'll speed up the story. Uh, that situation happened, yada, yada, yada. I had, I was down to my last $1,000 on a credit card. Okay. Last 1000 bucks. And um, this was the summer between uh, school. Hold it. You, had, you were homeless and had a credit card? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> All righty then. Well, you, you got to remember, I built I built my credit up, so I had I had those situations. So right, um, the the you know the the the, the credit card was uh, was the last last thing I had. I got and, you. Uh, I, I was going to grocery stores, you know, buying buying a little food here and there, and, until I had it all figured out. And I just it, it was a it was a bad one week, but it was a week that I that I needed to needed to have. Right. You know? Yep. You know, you, you're hanging around with the wrong friends. You don't, you don't have any support there. Your dad's not going to give you support. So you, you, you figure things out very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so from, from that point, I, I, I answered a, uh, a, a one ad for a sales job at a, at a Dodge dealership there in Florence. And I went there, knew I was going to interview and get the job. I went right next door to the dealership on the same lot was a hotel called suburban lodge. So extended stay. So I went in there, I put a month on it. I went and got groceries, everything like that. I didn't have a car at that point. So I walked literally across the parking lot to the dealership. Wow. Went, I'd hired and, uh, the, the rest is history. My, my first month in there, I, you know, we were doing, um, I mean, we, we had 25 salesmen on the ground um, at that store. It was very, very aggressive. Number one Dodge store there in northern Kentucky. And, um, you know, I was going in with a lot of guys that were at great at what they did. And yeah. um, I had a salesman that his name was uh, Larry. Uh, Curly Larry is what he went by. He, he, he kind of took me under his wing, guided me, told me how this is how you do this, do this, do this. And uh, my first month. You know, there I was, it was less. It was like three weeks. I made I made over thirteen grand that that month, and the rest is history. And that's how I got in the car industry. How long did you stay in the in the extended stay? <laughs> uh, just After for that, that, just for that month, because yeah. I already paid for. Yeah, because you were like, I am officially balling now at twenty years yeah. old. Yeah, like wow, dude, thirteen grand in one month is 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 good money. I don't care who you are. Yeah. So, so, um, now did it just keep growing from there or did you have some ups and downs, hiccups or, or like, have you always been rich? <laughs> I, I, w- I wouldn't, just I kidding. wouldn't call that, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that rich. No, but, I'm, um, I'm kidding. I, I mean, you're always going to have your ups and downs. I, yeah. I, I excelled very, very quickly in the automotive industry. Yeah. Um, 
I only sold cars for a little over a year. Um, I, I did it so well, and I, and I excelled at all the other aspects of it. I picked it up so quickly. Um, my mentors there, uh, that was the um, you know the new car managers at that time, uh, Todd and uh, Bill Green, they, they moved up in positions for themselves, and I was the first one that got promoted to uh, new car manager at the age of 21. So Jeez. you know I started there. And then once I get in, once I got into management, I, I became obsessed with okay, I need to learn everything about the automotive industry, not just the sales, the management. I, I got to understand finance. I got to understand how the back end operations work, how the dealership works as a whole, how auctions, all these different things that are different layers of the automotive industry. I just took that that from that point on for the next eight, nine years, learning everything. So I took every position that became available, new car, used car, uh, finance manager, special finance manager, you know, all these different components within the dealership, I took every position so I can learn every single component of it. And um, wow, got an opportunity to be a GSM of a, of a Toyota store there. Um, and in, in Cincy or Kentucky or? Still, nor- still Northern Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Cincy, dude. Yeah, yeah. My 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 niece lives down in northern Kentucky. She she gra- she's a graduate of UC. Okay. Yeah. We're we're at we're at in uh I don't, Kentucky she live now. I'm not sure. Probably in Florence, y'all. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But um I got I got out of the automotive industry itself in 97 Oh, no, I'm sorry. 2007 2007 2008 right around that time, it was the same time where um, the economy was, was diving, homes, that, that, whole, that whole era. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I got to a point, you know, these are, these are the up, ups and downs of the automotive industry. You, you, you make, you're making 15, 20 grand a month. You live like you're making, you know, 15, 20 grand a month instead of living like you're making five grand. So right. these are all things that I learned along the way very, very hard. Uh, you know, hard lessons in life that you you gotta you gotta be a better manager of of those situations. So that happened. I got out of the automotive industry uh, for about four or five years. Um, I was approached by another company about coming out and doing marketing events at dealerships. Um, I never took that position, and then you know once that happened, my my income cut in half. So I was like, okay, I got to find another way to make sure that I keep my income up there. So. I took. I went and worked with another marketing company. I did it v- for a very, very short stint because I went out with this company and saw all the wrong things that they were in the uh, automotive industry market. And um, right after that year, I started. I started my own my own company doing the same exact thing. So this is in two thousand and eight or nine. Seven. Seven. Yeah. At that at, at that time, it was two thousand nine is when I started. Okay, so um, you were doing marketing though. Was it in the auto business or marketing for just anybody? No, no, it was in the it was in the automotive industry. <clears throat> okay, so okay, so you got into the automotive industry at about twenty years old, and yep. and um, in two thousand seven. So that's when I I started my company. So um, eleven years ago, you started started your own own gig. And, and so what, what, um, okay. So, you know, there's a lot of people that watch this that are entrepreneurs or they have a severe desire to be an entrepreneur, own their own business, do their own deal. Um, did, did you come out of the gates like just killing it? No, no, I, I left, I left that other, other company with one account. I oh, left wow. with one account, and I didn't know after 30 days or 60 days if I would even be in business. Right. But I, I took a leap of faith because what I what I believed in before, um, you know how how I worked in the automotive industry and then saw what this company was doing. I, I didn't want to be part of that. It wasn't the right way of doing business. It's not the right wasn't the right processes. wasn't the right structures. wasn't the right people. Right. So. I, I wanted a I wanted to make an impact within that type of marketing in the automotive industry, and that's why I got out. 
And I, I had no idea if I was going to survive or not. But that one client, I, I did everything possible with that one client to make sure that we had mass success. Yeah. And we did. And that one client led to another client, led to another client, led to another client. And, and that's, that's, how, that's how Rush Impact started. Um, it started by one client, and it was just referral after referral after referral after referral. Because I went into business at a very, very, you know, at that time, I didn't know what it meant. Now, when, when we talk about, you know, you, you got to serve your client, you got to, you got to, you know, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a lot different now than it was 10, 15 years ago. Right. You know, our, our world has changed, especially with, you know, uh, the internet and social media and many different things like that. So I understood at a, at a very, very young age. And, and this comes from my uprising that, um, you know, you got to perform for one. You got to do things that you, you say you're going to do, but then you also have to serve others and, and make sure that, uh, you know, you do everything possible to make sure that, you know, they win first. Right. Because if, if your customers are winning, in the end, you're going to win. And, and those things matter to me at, at, a, at a very, you know, very young start in, in, in the business itself. So, like I said, that that one client led to where we're at right now. Hey, I I, I have a uh, a little arrow I just put up on the screen. I love the fact that you have my book strategically placed back there behind you. I have yeah. I have a little arrow pointing at it right now, <laughs> dude. But that's what I mean when I say that you're just a classy dude, man. You're just a classy dude. You you really are, and I think that. You know, from what, I mean, you and I have had probably at least a hundred hours worth of conversations, if not more. Sure. And, and, you know, that's one of the takeaways I always get is you, 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 and I don't know if it's intuitive or because you just have made the mistakes or whatever, but like you create an experience for your clients and, and, and everybody you deal with, quite frankly. I mean, Hell, I've been a vendor of yours, and and you still have created a, a really cool experience. And so, you know, that's that's that that's what it takes, man. You got like so many entrepreneurs, and I don't want to inject um, my opinion because this is about you. But you know, there's a lot of people out here, especially these younger kids that that want to be entrepreneurs, and they think it's all about them and making the money for them, and and the. And, you know, it's not, man. It's just not. If you make it all about you, you're not going to last. There's no longevity in that. So, so you know, so that, that really, and that's kind of a segue into what I want to talk about next. And that is, you know, you're, um, I, I, I can't, my math isn't working. I, I, I think you're in your 40s, I, I think. Yeah, 41. Okay. Um, so you know, you've got some experience under your hat and, and I've seen your house. You're doing well. <laughs> I've seen, that. I've seen pictures of it. Like it's, you're doing well. And, and so, you know, my, my question for you is this, you know, we see all of these, these people out here on social media and you know, just everywhere. What, what, in your opinion, what do you think, the number one thing is that's that's stopping people from real success in life and in business. It doesn't necessarily have to be owning a business, but you know, I mean, dude, you were the top sales guy in a car dealership. You've been, you know, you've done a lot of amazing things. So, <clears throat> what's that one thing that you see most people that are failing? What's the one mistake they're making? The big one. Well. There's several for me, but if you if you're asking about one big one, dude, is, lay them all out if you want. Lay them all well, out. I, I, the the first one is the is fear. You know, fear of not. It, it's not that you can't do it. It's the fear of not knowing how to do it. So, you know, it's not saying yes or no. It's knowing. You know, what are you? What do you want? And it, it does, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to have you know, success and, and all these different things. It could be in any profession that you do, but 
you got to get over the fear of telling yourself that it, you can't do it or it can't be done because it, it, it can. You, you, you got to believe in, in yourself that you can do it. And that's it, it comes down to the mindset. It really comes down to a mental level of how mentally strong are you? Because you, right. you you don't have to be you don't have to be a great talent. You really, really don't. But if you have the work ethic and you have the discipline to to do it over and over and over again, you know, with consist you know, have consistency doing it, you're gonna succeed at it. So Love yes, that. Yeah. as as you get repetition and as you become great at whatever that is, then then you you learn to take it to the next level. How, how do I grow upon that? But you know, for me, you know, obviously it starts with fear. But the but the second thing is discipline. People don't have discipline. People people want everything and don't want to put the work in to get it. They think that you're going to put an hour in, and then next thing you do you're doing is you're sipping mai tais on the beach and you're just sitting back making millions of dollars. It, do, know, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> unfortunately, it doesn't. I, I haven't. I haven't came across that. Even even the ones that are, you know, very successful internet marketers. Yeah. That do those things. They there's still a period in time that they had to go through the struggles and the ups and downs and and the battles and the late nights and the early mornings and you, people don't see that. No. They just see your wins. But they don't see all the practice and all the time and energy that you took to get to that point. So your mindset and discipline are are massive in, in what your success is. And you got to be willing to educate yourself. Yep. You got to be willing to understand and, and the knowing of whatever prof- profession it is, whatever it is. You got to educate yourself. With the Internet, you don't need to be rich. You just need to you just need to have the willpower to be able to go on there and look for the information and teach yourself how to do it. Read books, learn, watch other people. You know, emulate what others are doing, the greats are doing. Yeah. And and learn from that. So those are my two cents on that. Dude, I, I, I agree. And I you know, I've I've um I remember because I didn't even graduate from high school, man. They they told me my senior year I I, I needed a biology credit to graduate, and I'm like, I freaking aced calculus and trigonometry and analytic geometry, and I hated biology. I just did. I failed it in my 10th grade year, and I didn't take it again. I'm like, I'll skate through. I just figured I'd negotiate my way into a diploma, <laughs> and it didn't work. But like, so I said, well, well, you know, I, like, how, how are you going to use biology in real life? So whatever. So. Um, but you know, like I learned quickly getting into sales. Um, I learned very, very quickly that, oh God, it's not about the formal education that I I got at school or college or, or any of that. It's, it's the, the, um, I got it's self education. I've got to learn, and so I started buying Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and and you know Tom Hopkins and Jeffrey Gittimer, and I started getting all of these these books and these cassettes and cassette tapes. <laughs> you remember what that is, right? So oh yeah, you know, and CDs and going to the seminars and and really and then you know throughout my life I'm like, man, am I addicted to learning? Like, is that a bad thing? I, I don't know, man. That that's like that's some a great, that's a great addiction to have. Right, right, and and so that's what separates guys like you from from the rest of the world is that desire to know more, like and and staying humble enough to say I. Like I don't know everything, you know. Like I, uh, there's so much more I, I have to learn, and and so, um, I dude, you you nailed it. It's it's fear, and I think about the you know I, I literally this morning I was thinking about, um, man, you know we get these these big deals that come in, we get these you know, and and you know your bank account looks smoking, you know, it's like. And, and it's, and, and then all of a sudden for me, I don't know about for anybody else, but for me, 
I don't care how many zeros are in there, like I start feeling fearful uh, instantly. Like, uh, I, I, okay, like no celebrating here. Let's roll. We got to keep pushing. Like, you know, and I think that a lot of people do that. They, they, they get, get things going. The momentum starts and they stop pushing. Do you believe that's true? Oh yeah, for sure. You get you get comfortable, and you know I, I've I've dealt with that several different times in in, in my life and my career. Right. And it, it's just it's just the maturity level and and you know trial and error, learning from your mistakes. Right. You know don't 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 be afraid to fail because you need those failure failures to help you grow into what you're going to become. So, um, you know. We all we all get in those situations, you know. We we get in the situations of comfort, yeah. And uh, you know, but you have to learn to not be comfortable right. at the end of the day, because what the reality is, and and people really really need to understand this more than anything, that competition is becoming greater, even though. There's a lot of people that want it all and won't put in the work to get it, and it's all about what what are you going to do for me? But the other people on that other end of that line yeah. are becoming more educated, and they're making it more difficult for those people that are just right here, just starting out trying to get to that point because they have the mindset, they understand, they understand how to win. You know, when you go make when you go save your first 10 grand, you're like, great, I, I accomplished something. You save your first 50 grand, you're like, okay, I'm really, really doing it. Then when you save your first 100 grand, you really start getting into the mindset of, okay, how do I keep it? How yeah. Do I, how do I make it grow more? Right. You know, it's all about multiplying your money, regardless if it's $5, $10, $100, what, whatever it is. You want to learn how to multiply it. And, and how do I keep making it multiply? Right. Because the old motto the things that we were taught 30 years ago that you know if you became a millionaire you'll have everything in life and that is a bunch of bs because it's furthest from that right i, I really i really feel that you know if you want to live a great retired life comfortable life whatever whatever you decide to do you're going to need at least 10 million or more to get to that point right start starting right now yeah so you, you got to understand that, uh, you know, I talked about competition and, 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 and things like that. I'm, I'm, you have to educate, just like what you said. It's all about yeah. self, self-educating. And um, the resources out there, it's just you need a discipline to be able to go out and get it and, and, and make it your own. And, and, and the, the, um, the, the I, I don't know what you call it, the kahunas to, to freaking invest like buy, spend money, like pay somebody to help you pay. A, I, I, I don't even like the amount of money I've spent hiring coaches and, and, and paying mentors and, and buying books and, and, and courses. And I mean, dude, it's been, it's been ridiculous. I'm, I'm like, I don't even know how much, like it's that, it's a lot. And, and so, you know, like, <clears throat> And you're the same way. We, matter of fact, we talked about it before the show started. You know, yeah. investing and in going to Grant Cardone's 10x Growth Conference, and 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 you know, and all of the stuff that goes into that, man. There's, you know, but it's it's a requirement if you want to succeed. If you don't want to succeed, then you know, whatever, don't don't do it. That's all right. I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty sure everybody that's watching your show, they all they're all in that. That other end of yeah. wanting success. Yes. So you know, we're what we're talking about is definitely resonating with them. Absolutely, it does. So you know, um, so the the biggest mistake that you see, the the biggest thing that holds people back in your mind is fear. Yes. Okay, I agree with you, thousand percent, thousand percent. So let's say that you have a a, a guy or a gal. Um, and I ask this question on every show, um, somebody that, that, um, is homeless. They've been homeless for five days. 
<laughs> and <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever, you know, if that resonates with you or not, but, um, and, or, you know, their car was just repoed. The electric's getting shut off tomorrow. They're in the middle of an eviction process, you know, and they, they, they have no hope, zero hope. You ever felt that before in your life? Zero hope? Oh, several times. What do you say to that person if they, they walk into your office right now and say, I, I, I don't know what to do. I need, I need guidance. Can you please tell me how to get out of this mess I'm in? What would you say to them? Well, the, the first thing that, you know, when, whenever I'm consulting, coaching, training, you know, developing all those aspects of, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, you know, sales, we're, we're all salespeople, okay? But to be a great salesperson, you're not selling anything. And you, the biggest thing that everybody needs to learn is, is you need to have an emotional connection. How, how, do you, how do you make that emotional connection to that individual? To, you know, to, how, how, for the guy that the, you need to, the homeless guy to, or the guy getting evicted? Just, 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 if you want to make an impact on anybody, it doesn't matter if you're training, if you're, you're, it's a stranger, if, if it's a, your client, whatever, you have to have an emotional connection and impact at the beginning or everything that you're going to talk about and you're going to and learn, teach, learn, whatever, it's not going to have any effect on them. I agree. So, you, you got to learn how to make an emotional connection immediately. So that individual, I'm going to go right in and, and, t and tell them, hey, you know, all these things that you're going through is all the things that should be happening to you. They're all lessons on how to make you become better. You know, every situation, every situation that, that I, we've all failed in, what have, what have you done after that? How does it make you better? And, you know, I would start with that situation and talk about those things to make them understand that it's just part of the game. It's part of it. For you to become the greatest at whatever you do, you have to fail at the things that you're doing or you'll never become great. So, you know, I would start that conversation off with that first and then, you know, dive into, you know, what they're doing. How do we get them through the first step? How do we get to the next step? They can't, they're blinded right now. They can't see what's going on in 10 years or five years or three years or one year. You got to get them to day by day. How do I survive the today to get to the next day? Right. And they got to have the will to fight and, and, and be able to push forward. And every single day is going to get better. You're at rock bottom. It doesn't get any worse than that. But how do I mentally and have that mindset and have the discipline to be able to move forward to get out of that? Love that answer, dude. So, so the but the guy like are are you gonna say, dude? You got to go sell something. You got to get a job. You got to like oh, for sure, right? So well, whatever the whatever the job is, you know, I, maybe maybe he's an accountant and he can't find an accountant job. You know, right. let, let's find out something. I, I, it doesn't matter. Chick fil A, wherever you just got to move forward. Right. You just can't you can't stay still. You can't move back. You got to move forward, and one opportunity is going to lead to another opportunity. But you have to have movement. Right. If you don't have movement, you're never going to get out of where where you're at. Right. I agree with you, man. So, um, <clears throat> what like so you get you have Rush Impact Marketing is is the name of your company, and and what what do you guys do? Well, Rush Impact Marketing is the marketing side of, of what we do for the automotive industry. So that part of the, the company is what we do is we create 30 days in business in six days. That's exactly what we do. We do it in mul with multi-channel marketing, with direct mail, uh, digital marketing. We uh, utilize technology to the fullest with uh, uh, your, your cell phones, uh, texting capabilities, uh, ringless voicemail. All these different components, we're using multi-level marketing at its finest, going into a market, be able to saturate and target that market correctly to be able to drive traffic and opportunities to the dealership. And then from that point on, um, our team plus the team at the dealership, we hold an event, 
Um, it's, it's very, very fast pace. Like I said, we do as much business in six days that we do in, that a dealership, it takes them 30 days to do. Um, well, our biggest I, event, huh? Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say our, our, our biggest event, we did a hundred and 108 cars in six days. And, um, right there is a Guinness, Guinness book of world records, uh, certificate we got for, for that event. I actually, I have two Guinness world record. Wow. For, for, for our events that we've held. That's insane, dude. That's insane. So, so you like, and, and, and just for the record, I mean, you, you called me up one day and you're like, Hey, we're doing these, um, these custom Snapchat filters. And I'm like, really? And yeah, where you can, you know, wherever you are, like the, the geo location and, and you can, yep. just, and, and dude, you did, you've done, I don't know how many for me, several, um, three, four, five of them where you're, you're geo targeting a location that I was going to be. And you made these custom filters for me and, and like, you know, your stuff, you're really, really good at it, man. And, and, and one of the things I love about you is if you don't know something, you, you, you take the time to figure it out. And you and I are, are just alike in, in that, that regard. Like, I, I don't like not knowing something. <laughs> I just don't, I don't, and you're like that. You're like, I don't like that. Like, I got to figure this out. So. Um, like you, you do some phenomenal things. And so my question for you is this is, is, you know, I, I, I told you earlier, I'm, I'm connected to so many people in the car business. And it's like, you know, what, what do you see, um, changing in that business? Because I, I keep hearing all these people. I don't know the car business that well, but I keep hearing everybody say, you know, the car business is changing. It's changing and things need to change and this is changing and yada, yada, yada. I mean, what, what do you see happening in that industry? Well, the, uh, the automotive industry is definitely changing at, at, at a, it's, it's a slower pace compared to other businesses. It's always been that way. You yeah. know, it, it seems like they're always the last one to catch up to whatever's going on currently. Um, the automotive industry is evolving very, very quickly, especially in the last three to four years, um, where, where technology is going there. Uh, service-based businesses is coming very, very quickly. You know, it's this start with Uber and Airbnb and all these different things. Right now, now you're, you know, that that's the one thing with our business that we're we're evolving. I've always tried to stay ahead of the curve, and this is something that we we were working on six, seven years ago. And and you brought up Snapchat and all these different things. I saw the shift of social media, so I wanted to become the expert in social media on the automotive side of it. So that's why I educated myself on Snapchat, Facebook, right. digital marketing, all these different things. But the auto industry, you know, we we have companies popping up left and right. We have manufacturers popping up left and right. Where it's going to become a point in time where people are not going to be buying cars; they're going to subscribe to cars. You know, I, I, that's car you're going to drive. I, I, I've, um, I think, you know, Becky Chernick and she's a, yep. a F&I trainer and she and her and I've talked about that. And and she she thinks that that's going to be that's going to be a, a huge wave. I talked to somebody else the other day that said, you know, it's it's not going to last. And and so I, I think there's there's two sides to that that argument but i agree with you i think people if if they make it affordable i know some of them out there 800 to a thousand dollars a month but like you know i think that's cool because i love changing cars like i love that right so it's like yeah like oh uh you know this week we're driving an suv next week i'm driving a porsche (laughs) like you know or whatever like so I think it's a cool, cool business model, and I do think that that it's it's going to shift. I think there's going to be a big shift. Yeah, it, here here's here's the biggest thing with the automotive industry and, and and people why people hate it. Okay, for one, they they feel like they're always getting ripped off. But it, one thing that consumers have to understand: the automotive industry has probably some of the smallest margins when you're looking at products that are sold at retail. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, it goes back to the eighties and, and just the feeling and the experience that customers have gotten. And, and it's just, it's stuck that way. 
even though that margins have gone down and, and the cost has gone up and, and the profit's not the way it used to be, the whole customer experience part of it needs to shift. Um, you know, customers don't feel like they're served. I'm, I'm not saying all dealers are this way. There's a lot of them are th this way. And, and the sooner that they understand that it's, it's about the customer and you got to provide service to the customer and you got to make the buying experience that have that emotional connection yeah. and be able to serve quickly. Yeah. They don't want three, four, five hours. And, and a lot of, a lot of this stuff people have to understand too is not the dealership's fault. There's a lot of stuff that's in process, like the title work aspect of it at a state level, uh, the, the banking side of it. You know, I'll share a quick story with you. I remember back in the day when, when you did car deals, you would actually have to fax in an application and then you would sit there and wait for an approval. Now there's platforms now where uh, finance managers and the team, they actually submit your deal and you can have an answer on an application pretty quickly. So, right. you know, those, those times are changing. It, it's going to get to a point where everything in the automotive industry is done electronically, your title work, um, every single component, all your paperwork that you sign, you're not going to have documents or anything like that. And once all that, that sh you know, those things start shifting and then new laws and regulation, you know, with compliance and stuff like that, those things start shifting. I think it'll get to a point where people will just hop on their iPad, go look at the car that they want actually order it, buy it from there, and then have a concierge just bring it to you. Well, that, that's Car subscription based. Carvana's already doing that. Yep, they're starting. Like, yep. like they're, they're, I, I was on, I, I don't even know how I ended up on, but I, I was on their website a few days ago, and, and I'm like, holy crap, you can just order a car like right here, and they actually will bring it to you. It's insane. And, and so, you know, there is a shift, and I think that in any industry, I, I, I was talking about, with you, I was talking about, like, the web development industry that I've been in forever. You know, it's shifted, and, and I'm starting to see some things, and I'm making some big moves to, to, to really start serving the customer better on a, on a, a higher, more frequent level. And, and if that, that's what's happening. Technology has changed everything. And I see these, these, not just car dealers, but businesses like that are not doing it. And they're going to, they're going to get smashed. They're, they are. I don't give a crap if you were doing billions of dollars a year. You're going to get crushed. Look at companies like, like yeah. Toys R Us, Circuit City. I mean, we could sit here and name, like, they're, they're in the graveyard now, man. They're dead because they didn't adjust with what the customer wants and technology. They didn't, they didn't adjust for it. And, and so I, you're, dude, you're thousand percent dead on with that, man. You're, you're, you're spot on. And so, I, and I know you well enough to know that, you know, you're, I, I'm, I, I would imagine, Without even having the conversation, you're making moves to to adjust to the the changes that are happening. Oh, for for sure, sure. You, you know, within our agency, we're making those shifts. I, I've I've really shifted my business model um, where we're doing a lot of consulting work right now. Right. Um, helping helping dealers that don't understand this switch and the shift that's happening, educate them on that, help them get to that next level that they need to, and. And, you know, the biggest thing is, is in any type of business with technology, the way it is, the digital world that we live in, everybody is educated. Yeah. You can educate yourself in 30 seconds. Yep. Just ask Google, you know, go right. on YouTube. You, you can educate yourself very quickly on whatever it is. Yep. So it doesn't become a everybody wants to get in the mindset. Well, you know, it's all about price, 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 price. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, most businesses are very, very similar in price when you're talking the automotive industry. Right. It's going to come down to the service and convenience factor for that customer. Yep. And how, how you're going to take care of that, that customer to keep them long term. It's all about the experience. It's all about that emotional attachment that I talked about earlier. How, how are you going to create that emotional, emotional attachment for that customer to want to do business with you for long term? And, and the dealerships that understand that and learn that the quickest 
are going to be the ones that are going to survive this and become powerhouses. Yep. That, that's where the business is shifting to. I, I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. So um, how, how does uh, everybody in my audience follow the amazing Jeremy Warner? <laughs> Thanks, bro. Um, I, I'm across all, all social media platforms. Um, I'm getting ready to switch all my handles over to uh, Impact CEO. Um, I got a podcast uh, that's getting ready to come out here in the next 30 days. And I'm branding everything over back to Impact CEO. So they can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, Snapchat, everywhere. Awesome, dude. And and it, you're you're a guy to follow because I, I see your Snapchat stories, Instagram, like you're always putting out valuable content, man. Like, you know, and you've been there. That's the thing, man, is I, I think that, you know, people people don't understand um that that you know they get stuck in the pain they get stuck in the the mistake they made man we've all made mistakes all of us all everybody you know and if you haven't if you haven't bounced a check yet then then you're not doing something like you got to go like all in man you're going to bounce a check here and there as as you come up right it just it's part of the deal you know and that's why you know banks will still work with you after you do it because they know everybody does it, especially in yep. business. So, like you know, you got to go through the pain to get like it's it's just part of the deal. And and you know, like you've been there, man. I know you have. And 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 so make sure that that you're following Jeremy. And um, you know, I I I didn't. I'll go back and tag you in this on Facebook. Um, so people can at least, I don't, I, you're probably maxed out on friends, but, um, you know, no, no, I'm very, I'm very selective on that portion oh, of it. Are you? <laughs> good, good. So, um, but I, I'll tag you on this. I know you shared it out. So everybody make sure you're following Jeremy. Jeremy's a good dude and, and class act, man, all the way. I, I, I just, I'm going to go full screen with you again and just show you, show everybody the uh the the book I, I have the arrow pointing at my book again <laughs> so so um listen i appreciate you being on here i appreciate um i i, I like dude I, I know you're a busy guy appreciate you taking the time any parting words of wisdom for it for my audience before we sign off here yeah um kind of kind of the things that we talked about already you know Get over that fear to win. Understand that you're going to be uncomfortable during during these periods. And I'm going to tell you right now, even even you know, going in our 11th, 12th year of business here, I still make daily mistakes. I, I still have situations that I'm I'm scared of. You know, every but it, it's it's the it's the mindset and the discipline that I've taught myself over these years. And you could do the same exact thing. But you just got to have the fight and you got to have the will to win and 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 have mentors in your life. Find someone that resonates with you, that you you see their the struggles that they've gone through, the wins that they're having, and then learn from them and absorb information from everybody. Love it, dude. Love it. You're right. Everything you've said is spot on, dude. So Greg Grayson just said, Ken, just another incredible show. Thank you for the great content. So, Thank you. <clears throat> dude, you're a rock star, man. You're a good friend of mine. I appreciate our friendship and, and everything. So thank you for being on here. Everybody who shared this out, Jeremy's going to send you a check. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> So, no, I'm kidding. So, hey, thank you guys for supporting and watching and sharing this out. Thanks for the likes and the loves and the hearts. And we will see you all on uh, tomorrow. Got another guest tomorrow coming up. So, Jeremy, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. All right. And we will see you guys later. Jeremy, don't hang up. We'll see you guys later. Have a great day. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. 
Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.